Make His Name Known is a ministry that exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to make known the authority and supremacy of Jesus Christ in all things to all peoples, exalting the name of Jesus Christ through expositional preaching, teaching, evangelism, and media content. Be edified by sermons, podcasts, videos, and more. Subscribe to our content and help us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said to this, and he said this plainly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him, with his disciples, he said to them, If any one would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Well, welcome everybody and welcome to Make His Name Known podcast. My name is Kevin. And I'm Leah. And we've been, we've been missing for a couple weeks. Yeah, we've been MIA. <laughs> we've been MIA, but we're glad to be back and glad to uh, be back in the studio, which is uh, basically kind of like a garage, but it looks like a studio <laughs> to the people watching. Uh, so we're glad you are joining us today. And you're following along with us. And so we just read the scripture uh, today. And today's podcast name, I believe we're going to call it Come and Die or Don't Come. <laughs> come or die, come and die, and or don't come. Right? Come and die or don't come. What do you Sounds think about good. that? Come and die or don't come. Yeah, I like it. Why do you like it? Because it's the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I believe that's what um, Jesus is saying here. Is yeah. he not? And it's not what people think, or maybe they don't want to think it or hear it, mm-hmm. but it, it's, I mean, that's what it says. Yes. And so, um, in this podcast, uh, we want to talk about, uh, of course, the gospel. Uh, what is the gospel? Um, why did Jesus come uh, in, in the flesh, right? He is uh, God in the flesh, the Son of God born in this world, lived this perfect sinless life, died on the cross, rose again from the grave. But, but why, do, why does that matter? Why does that matter? And Jesus came to save sinners. And um, I know that I'm uh, the greatest sinner I know. Um, uh, what about you? I'll fight you for it. Yeah. Yeah, you fight me for it, <laughs> which we do, right? We sometimes fight each other over our sin, right? And, um, but in a loving way, right? Yeah. We forgive each other and love each other through it. And um, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, What is the gospel? Why does the gospel matter? And what is Jesus saying in these words? These are very, very hard words from Jesus. And um, he's basically saying, look, if you're going to come follow me, you got to take up your cross and you got to come and you got to follow me. Mm -hmm. And to follow Jesus um, is not an easy task, right? No. No. Um, So... uh, Let me put you on the spot. Um, When did you start following Jesus in your life? I guess it's been a little over two years now when I really 
truly surrendered to Christ, and and I believe He saved me then. And I think, you know, from that point, just being in the Word and and prayer and just submitting to instead of trying to excuse everything that I was doing, really looking at it and taking it for what it is, the truth, and submitting to his word. Has it been easy? No. (laughs) In in what way? Sometimes harder than others. Um, Mainly, I'd say, well, when God saves you, you have this overwhelming desire to tell people that what he's done for you because I mean just like you said I'm the worst sinner I know so Mm -hmm. when you realize how much of a wretched sinner you are and that God was merciful to save you from that and just the proclamation of that to people um, you get a lot of surprising feedback Uh, people think you're crazy (laughs) Uh, people think lots of things, but openly it seems like they think you're crazy because well, why are you so excited? It's not a big deal. Or uh, you thought you were a Christian before. You said you were a Christian before. What's different now? Um, following the word is hard in itself because you have to look at your life and uh, we're shedding those things that that we are doing that are sinful. We're um, testing ourselves through the word and uh, constantly um, trying to see everything through the lens of scripture. And just, I mean, that in itself is tough. Just denying yourself and um, putting off the old self is is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about that, putting off the old self, because the Apostle Paul talks about that pretty much all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Putting off the old self. It's like taking off old clothes and putting on new clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives all these contrasts all the time of uh, being made new right. and that process of sanctification and, and all of that. So um, two years, two and a half years, you say. Uh, and so how is how is that, as much as you want to reveal, like, what does that look like for you? To, you're putting off the old self and putting on the new. What is that for Leah? Like, what is that? How does that pertain to what the Bible says and what's happened in your life? Um, I think what it mainly looks like is um, just constantly, it's not, it's easy to just wake up and do whatever and kind of just float along and watch whatever, say whatever, you know what I mean? It's easy to be that way, but it's harder to wake up every day, think about like, I get mad, obviously. You know that. You're my you husband. Do? Bless your heart. You do? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to look at myself and say, why am I feeling this way? Like, uh, this is a sinful behavior. I need to to crucify that. I need to um, speak with love and gentleness and kindness. And not only because that's what I'm supposed to do, but because I've got three little girls that are watching. I've got, I mean, hurt people's feelings. Um just getting up every day and um, examining yourself, repenting of things that, like, you don't always realize something you've done and then you think of it and then you're like, I shouldn't have done that. You know, God brings those things to your attention and strive not to do that again. And um, Now, why does that matter? So, I mean, like, we've talked about this before where 
um, we know people that are not professing Christians that are um, way more moral than us, right? So some people would say, Kevin, I know your past, and uh, I mean, you ain't got me fooled, right? You, yeah. you might try to put on a show and, and try to act, you know, like you're all good now and stuff, but like, I know you're not, right? And um, Or I've seen some behavior from you that it's not very, you know, Christ-like, maybe you would say, or you would even say the same thing about yourself. Sure. But there are people who are not professing Christians, right? But they're morally really good. Like, combine the, the goodness of the both of us, if we could even say goodness, you know, what we mean by goodness is because we believe that no one, no one is good except for God. Humanly speaking. Humanly speaking, like, uh, like trying to do the best you can morally. Keep the, the moral law, per se. Don't lie, don't steal, don't murder, don't commit adultery. And, and so outwardly, there are people that are just like super kind and they're super nice and they're giving and they give money and, mm-hmm. you know, they're always like calling and checking on people, but they're, they're not Christian. Mm-hmm. Right. So if we just like morally make ourselves better, is that is that OK? Right. Is that what we're striving for? Mm, no, um, because then that kind of gets in the works. Um, nothing we can do will save us and nothing, nothing you can do makes you look better to God, I guess you could say. Is that or you like would a think right? about the scripture that says that our, our, our best works are nothing but filthy rags. Right, right. Like the best day of our life um, is nothing but filthy rags to God. Right. It's, he, he doesn't accept it, right? Right. If it was possible, if it was possible at all <laughs> to wake up and from the time you're awake to the time you go to bed, you did nothing but serve and love and nothing wicked in your heart if that was a possibility it would still be filthy rags Mm -hmm. but it's not possible because we are sinful Mm -hmm. Uh, some of the best people honestly some of the best morally good people are people i know that are not christians yeah Uh, way better than Mm -hmm. like you said you or i could be and um that's yeah so um so i kind of we've kind of went in this direction so Let's think about that. So a lot of times people are like, all right, I'm confused. Like you just said that this podcast was called come and die or don't come. Right. <laughs> die to what? You know, what are we dying? Right. And, and, and going off of the scripture, you know, Jesus is saying here, he says in verse 31 of Mark, um, Mark chapter eight, uh, verse 31, it says, and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. All right. And so Jesus is, is um, uh, foretelling his, um, his death burial, right? And his, he's about ready to die, right? Or his death on the cross, not his burial. And, um, and, and he says, yes, I'm sorry, death, burial, and resurrection. And, um, and he's telling them ahead of time, this is going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and these chief priests and scribes are going to arrest me. They're going to take me. They're going to, I'm going to suffer many things from them, right? We know the Bible says that they, they beat him, they whip him, they, they do all horrible things to him, right? And he's going to be killed, right? But why? Why is Jesus going to be killed? Why, why must that happen? And, um, well, we know, right, why that happened. Why did Jesus have to come and live a perfect sinless life up to this point? Why did he do it? Well, his perfect sinless life is the righteousness 
that we need to be saved from our sins because our best works are nothing but filthy rags, mm -hmm. right? We can't earn our way into heaven. There's not enough good works we can do to enter heaven. We must have, um, we must have works, but those works are not our own, but the works of Jesus Christ. Right. Jesus Christ fulfilled the law perfectly, mm -hmm. and it's only through faith in Jesus Christ alone, right, in His perfect sinless life that is credited to our account when we believe, right? Mm -hmm. And it's credited to us when we believe in Him by faith, right? And so that's what we're getting at, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, but now He's saying that He has to die. He's going to be killed, right? And we know the Bible tells us that He was not only beaten and whipped and tortured and put on a cross, right, because these men didn't like him. Um, but the reason he went to the cross, cross was to be punished for our sins because he's sinless. And so the Bible tells us that the wages of sin or the punishment for sin is death. Right. So why is perfect Jesus, right, dying on the cross? Why, why is he being killed on a cross? Why is he dying? He's dying for you. He's dying for me. He's dying for you. And he's, he's taking the punishment that you deserve and I deserve for our sins mm -hmm. upon himself, right? Because there must be, uh, must be a punishment for sin, yes. right? He's, he's dying for everyone who would believe in him, everyone who would put their faith and their trust in Jesus, in, in, in him, right? And so God the Father is punishing his son, which the punishment should be upon you and it should be upon me, but it falls upon Jesus, mm -hmm. right? It falls upon him on the cross. And so this must happen, right? It has to happen. And he's punished for our sins, right? So he's perfect. Righteous life is the righteousness that we receive, mm -hmm. right? That is, uh, is credited to our account, right? And then our uh, sin, right? Is placed upon Jesus and the punishment that we deserve for sin is placed upon Jesus, so that we're not punished for our sin. So we have righteousness that's not our own. It's given to us as a gift uh, from, from God through Jesus. And then we have, we're freed from the punishment of sin, right? Because Jesus was punished for our sin. So now we're saved, we're, we're saved from that punishment mm -hmm. of sin. But not only that, Jesus didn't stay dead, right? He was punished for our sins. And then three days later, he rose from the grave. And that uh, the death that, that he died and the life that he lived, he rose to new, new life, right? And so the Bible tells us that everyone who believes in him, right? Everyone who believes that Jesus died for their sins and rose again from the grave will have eternal life. Well, today in today's culture, and, and we live in the Bible Belt, do we not? You, you were yep. raised in the Bible Belt. And um, in today's culture, they believe that if I would just believe in him, just make a mental ascent to him, right? right? And pray a prayer, right? Sign a dotted line um, that therefore I'm saved no matter what, right? Yeah. No matter if I keep on living in sin, no mm -hmm. matter if I, if, I, if I keep just living my life for me, yeah. right? But this scripture tells us right here, that's not the case. And Jesus is saying, right, to Peter here in a little bit, and we'll get there, that that's not the case, right? But one thing we want to stress here is that Jesus doesn't only save you from the punishment of sin, right, and give you eternal life, because one day we will be with him forever, right, eternally with God, 
now because he's paid for our sin and we would not be uh, punished forever in hell. But now we're also right now in the here and now for Leah, for me and everyone who has believed in Jesus Christ, we're saved from the power of sin. So sin has controlled our bodies. We are slaves to sin, mm -hmm. uh, Romans 6 says, and we are, um, we are bound in it, right? And we are um, dead in it, Ephesians 2, and we have no way of escape. There's no way we can save ourselves because we're a slave to sin, right? And the reason that Jesus had to die and had to rise again and he had to do this was to break us free from the power of sin mm -hmm. because we were following the devil, right? We were following the world and we were following our fleshly passions and desires and we were enslaved to him. There was no way we could save ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So even if I was going on the outside of me and like, oh, you know, um, um, I, I'm going to try to be as good as I possibly can be today, right? I'm not going to swear at anybody, right? I'm not going to punch anybody in the face, right? Um, <laughs> I'm going to give money to the poor and I'm going to do all these things. There's nothing we could do to buy or earn our salvation. It's already been paid for, right? right? Jesus has paid it all. But still, Jesus is saying, if you're truly going to follow me, then your life is going to look like this, mm -hmm. Right. And that's going to be the evidence that you really have been saved, mm -hmm. right? That not only because you made a profession, but that your life would be changed, that you would be transformed, right? That your heart of stone would be taken out and you'd given a heart of flesh and that you would have a new mind and your thinking would be changed, yeah. right? That you would actually have a love for God, a desire for his word and a desire to actually obey his commands, something that we never wanted to do or desired to do before. Right. Right. Now, how's that happened for you? Has it or yes. how is it? Has it? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I was thinking about where it says, uh, right here where it says he, he would suffer many things and be rejected. And, um, that was what we were kind of talking about with the, um, when you, um, suffer, persecution and uh you're rejected by people and um you pick up your cross and and follow jesus every day and people look at you and they they think oh they're extreme but it's it's like when you can see the truth for the first time and you're like how did i not see this or how did i not know this and you want everybody else to see and know and then when you when you speak and tell not everybody, but a lot of people look at you and think, just like you said earlier, with like, I know where you came from. I know who you are. I know how you've been your whole life and how you've lived. Uh, why do you think you're better than me now? And it has nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't even matter if you say, I'm the worst sinner I know. Mm -hmm. um, like, Whatever. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, you still think you're better than me. Right. And, and it's like, you don't have the right. They'll say, you don't have the right to tell anybody to not sin because do you think you're better than they are? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm right. not. But I know that I have been saved, right? I, I've, been, I've been set free from sin. I've been set free from the punishment of sin. Right. But I also know because I know that I've been set free from the power of sin. Right. Sin's power has been broken in my life. Um, there's things that I, I have done, right, that I no longer do. Right. Um, because 
I, I mean, I used to be a slave to those things. Right. I didn't mean to take you off topic either. No, you're, you're right. I used to be a slave to those things. And yes. now I'm not. Right. I'm not saying that I don't sin because well, you that, sin that's and, and the, I sin. I mean, sin. you, yes. like I said, you wake up every day and, and just the fact that I believe that you are fighting, because we've said before, if you're fighting, battling sin, that, mm-hmm. that's a good sign that, that you're a Christian Absolutely. because if you're yeah. not, you could care less. You just wake right. up and do. You just, you justify it. Yeah. Right. You're like, well, everyone's a sinner. I've right. Spent, remember the Bible tells me that Romans 3, 23, yes. for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. So if you sin, remember, if you just prayed that prayer right. and, and you remember, look back and go, remember that day you, you prayed the prayer. So if you're still sinning, just, just. Just, it's not a big deal. This, this, it's not good. Yeah, of course. But you know, the society is very flippant with sin. Absolutely. But yeah. Jesus is not. No, he's I not. I mean, and even Paul said, uh, "Does that mean we will go on sinning?" I don't know if that was something you were yeah, going to read. But, yeah, and he it's says, "By John, no means." I mean, um, it's not a free ticket to sin. I mean, you don't stamp your salvation pass or whatever and say, right. "All right, I'm good to go." And that's another thing that I believe. Uh, living in the Bible Belt, we struggle with um, as far as uh, their strongholds because uh, a lot of people believe that. Um, if you ask anybody, I don't know, just walking down the street, like, are you a Christian? Most likely they're going to say yes, or they might spit on you. But a lot of people <laughs> in this area are going to say yes. A little bit of both, maybe. Yeah, a little bit of both. <laughs> and a lot of times if you say why or how or whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to say something like, I was baptized xyz yeah. or, I, or used, I, I went to church here or right something or nature. i heard i was at a revival and this pastor was preaching and i went to the altar because um i don't know my foot started shaking and i was mm-hmm. overwhelmed with emotion and i said this sinner's prayer and and that's it do mm-hmm. you go to church no i don't go to church um do you read the bible nope I don't read the Bible. I mean, it's just, it's so no contradictory. Fruit. Exactly. There's no yeah. fruit of what the Bible, there's no fruit of repentance. Yeah. And so, um, exactly right. Right. That's what we're getting at. And so, you know, what we've learned is that this is this very, man, this is a tricky, not a tricky subject because the, the Bible's clear on this. Yeah. But for one thing, this is what I say. The Bible is so, I mean, I don't, I'm going to get attacked for this one. I'm going to say the Bible's simple, but it's not. Okay. But it's not trying to trick you, right? right? So it means what it means, right. and it has one meaning, right? Yes. And There's it's no not, contradictions. No, it doesn't contradict itself. Yeah. And so a lot of times people will say, "Well, I'm not really sure. I don't really know what I believe." Right? Um, one here, one place it says this, another place it says this, and it just seems like it's all over the place. But the reality is, the Bible is saying what it's saying, and it's and it's all true, and it's all yes. coming together, and it's all meeting together, and it's all proving itself, right? Just like, I can't remember who, might have been John MacArthur, he said, if you read something in the Bible and you think that it contradicts or it's saying something that's wrong, it's not the Bible that's the problem, it's you. <laughs> yeah, it's because we're, we're, we're sinful, yeah. right? And our sinful uh, behavior wants to, um, doesn't want to believe what the, what's right in front of our face. Yeah. And, um, and so... And sometimes it, it's not that we just don't want to believe it we don't want to accept it right for what it is exactly and so um you you mentioned uh romans 6 right yeah and so uh you're talking about where paul says uh, what shall we say then are we to continue in sin that grace may abound by no means how can we who died to sin still excuse me still live in it 
Do you have, I'm sorry, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's what we were just talking about. We were buried, therefore, with him in baptism into death. In order that, why were we? Why were we in Christ when he died for us on the cross? We were buried there, um, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, right here, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Know this, that it's not because Jesus rose again from the grave that we will also, we will also raise from the grave, right, when he comes, but that we would walk in newness of life now, Now. right now, right? Not not when we not when we we die right and because we know that we, uh, apart from the body present with the Lord right and then when he comes again our body will be lifted and met in the air uh, with Christ right our spirit will be met with our body in the air and will be with Christ right mm-hmm. when everything comes to fulfillment but the reason Christ died not only for that but for now yep. we would walk in newness of life and that newness of life is that new creation in Christ. The old has passed away and all things have become new. Right. No longer a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness, right? Now, we're no longer occupying our mind with sinful, lustful, adultery behaviors, right? But now we're occupying our <laughs> mind with the Word of God. Yes. Because the Spirit of God lives in us. And because Jesus rose again from the grave, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the grave... He has given to us as a gift, causing us to be born again, right? We're no longer the old man. We're no longer in Adam anymore. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. So therefore now we have a love and desire for God. Mm -hmm. We have a love and desire for his word. We have a love and desire to follow him. That also means, right, that we have a hatred for sin now. What's the verse that says... um I think it's a verse that says um, when you sin, you're crucifying Christ over and over. Is that a... Um, I can't remember, but I know I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember where it's at. I, I just popped into my head because he was saying, you know, do we continue in sin? And he says, by no means. And that's the way I look at it. If you continue in sin, you're uh, continually practicing something that... that I mean, I guess you. I've heard people say something that killed your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it killed our Lord and Savior. And when you see him as high and mighty and holy, you you don't desire to do anything that, that would even remotely look like that. Although, yeah. like you said, we mess up. We do things. Um, but it's like, it goes back to that because he loved me. Because he first he loved first me. He first loved me, yep. I love him back. And and Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right. Right. So we can't, we wouldn't say, I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. Right. And then commit adultery on him. Right. Right. I I can't say, Jesus, I love you. Right. With my mouth. And I worship Jesus. I love Jesus. And then as soon as I put my hands down, I go away and I commit adultery. Right. Right. Or fornication. And there's no sexual immorality. Secret places. Like I see people or I hear people say a lot. Um, what would you do if God was standing beside you? And it's like, okay, you know, if you're a Christian, he (laughs) he lives in you you. (laughs) (laughs) and there's no secret places. Like there's Mm -hmm. even for unbelievers, there's nothing God doesn't see no matter what. He sees everything. Yes. (laughs) So just to say that, it's just like, (laughs) yes, he's omnipresent. So 
this is what, what Paul's talking about, exactly what we're talking about. Now, for people that are watching and are like, these two right here are driving me crazy because they're acting like they don't sin. That's not what we're saying. How what many times did we say we did Yeah, but you always have to repeat <laughs> yourself. So what we're saying is, is, is we no longer uh, choose to make a practice of right. sinning. So um, as, a, as a believer, a believer cannot make a practice of sinning. Or he is, or he has proven that he is not a believer. Right. So, a believer cannot continue for a long time in sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is um, uh, a sexual relationship um, outside of marriage. Yeah. Right. And it's in, in in marriage is between a man and a woman because God said so. Right. Right. And so. And it's any sexual immorality out yes. anything outside of that is sexual yes. immorality and also it's not only a physical uh coming together right but is a you can you can commit adultery with your eyes yep. uh because jesus says if you lust after a woman mm-hmm. you've committed adultery already in your heart so we can sin with our eyes and our hearts right just by looking at pornography or watching something that um is is you're watching another woman right and you're the only woman for me correct and I'm the only man for, for you, right? And so that if we would do that and we would make a practice of doing that for a long time without no repentance, right? Then we would we would prove that we're really not in Christ. We're really not saved. Right. And so what would I say to a person like that? Repent and believe the gospel, yeah. right? Because the Bible tells us, 1 John 3, and we don't have enough time to go through that, but it, it shows us that like if we make a practice of sinning, Right, we're not in him. We're we're not of him. And so what and, and if we're if that's revealed to us and we're convicted of that, we don't go, Well, I prayed the prayer six years ago or whatever ago. Right. You say, No, I'm not in Christ. I'm convicted of my sin. I need to repent and really put my faith and trust in Christ because I really didn't. Right. And so we don't just just say, Well, because I prayed the prayer. Mm-hmm. Right. We're we're deceiving ourselves. That's what Paul talks yeah. about too, and in the Bible talks about don't it, be it deceived. Doesn't, it doesn't mean doesn't mean when you, you know, like you say, I've said that prayer so I can go on this way. That That's ridiculous. That's re- exactly what Paul's um, saying. And it sometimes may require you removing yourself um, from a situation like, I don't know, just throw this out there since we used to own a gym. But like if a gym is a place where you're constantly um, having those thoughts or you can't control your eyes or your lust maybe that means you remove yourself from that that period. would be that would be uh denying yourself carrying your yeah. cross and following Jesus your if flesh. that's what it takes right right we've talked about this on another podcast if it takes you cutting that off from your life where Jesus said it would be better for you um to uh to go into heaven with one eye than that go into hell with two mm-hmm. what he was saying is is or a hand or whatever if your hand causes you to sin or your eye causes you to sin it's better for you to pluck it out than than for you to go to hell with two. Yeah. And so that's exactly if I if I'm going somewhere and it's and that that place that I'm going is causing me to lust after a person and I am committing adultery in my heart and I keep on doing it keep on doing it he's saying it'd be better for you. That's how serious yep. Jesus is about Absolutely. repentance. If you really love me, you're going to you're going to re, you're going to deny yourself, carry your cross and follow me and you're going to get out of that place. Yeah. Right? And you you'd go but I really love that place. And what is he saying? He's saying that you have to deny yourself. Do you love it more than... Do you love it more than me? Yep. Yep. And, so, and also, yeah. I mean, that goes for TV shows and movies and yeah. 
There, we have that problem. How many TV right? shows have I stopped watching? Like Little mm-hmm. House on the Prairie is about. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's about the only thing I could find that I'm like, this is solid. Yeah. <laughs> but everything. I mean, I used to enjoy lots of TV shows, and then uh, God convicted me of different things that were either said or visual, and it's just like it's not worth that sin, that temptation. Just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Some people would say that's legalism. You're telling me not to watch TV or watch movies. I didn't tell music. anybody not to watch TV. I said <laughs> that's legalism. Me. <laughs> well, is it legalism? No, it is not because it's it's a personal conviction, and I should be not necessarily. Let's just put it this way: <laughs> if someone can sit through a movie that takes the Lord's name in vain over and over and over and. Um, cursing nudity all these things and it's just tv shows let's just be let's go on that Mm -hmm. one because that's a week after week or episode after episode i just have a hard time believing (laughs) that they are carrying their cross and following christ because Mm -hmm. for me that hurts my heart especially Mm -hmm. when the lord's name is in vain because that i mean that just that stabs my heart okay so anyway what i was saying it's not legalism because the Bible tells us to put those things away. And if those things are dirty music, dirty movies, and dirty, I mean, bad language, nudity. I mean, mm-hmm. we watched, we used to watch a lot of bad things. Yes. TV shows are bad. Yeah. Um, if that requires you putting those away, that is not legalism. You realize all these people just turned off the, they turned <laughs> it off. No, but like, let's I didn't clarify name this. any specific okay. shows. So let's, cl- let's clarify it though. But what's the heart matter behind it? Okay, we're not saying TV's bad. We're not no, saying movies are not. bad. We're not saying music's bad. But if if that movie or that show or that song or whatever the case may case maybe talks about <laughs> sexual immorality, yeah, right, something that we know the Bible calls sin, right, and we watch it and we enjoy it and we listen to it and we enjoy it. Um, it uses the Lord's name in vain, right? These are all breaking the Ten Commandments, right? Sure. Right? And and we are not people who enjoy that stuff. We are not people who take part in that and or it wasn't practice like, that. It wasn't like immediate either. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. Is that now, not to throw you under the bus, but I had pulled myself, <laughs> or God had given me the strength to pull myself away from that because yes. I no longer had a desire to watch that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, but you were still there at one yeah, point. Absolutely. And I would say, why do you watch this for? Right. right? So come on, confession. Let's be honest because I said absolutely, we need to be yeah. humble because these people already think we're legalistic. I told you I was wretched. Bigots. <laughs> um, so we're going to, you're watching this show, right? Yeah. And there's nudity and there's sex scenes and stuff like that. And then my mind's going, I put that away. Yeah. I used to do that. I used to watch that. I used to enjoy that. Right. But now I can't because, because when I watch that, it would be like me committing adultery on you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't want to do that. Right. And if, if Jesus is the groom and we are the bride, right, I want to purify myself for him. Right. And and so that's what the bride of Christ does. She purifies herself for the groom. Yeah. Right. He gave himself up for us. Right. Uh, for, for a pure bride. Right. And so we uh, we are. Uh, rem- removing that, we are putting off the old self and we're putting on the new. Now we're not doing it to be saved. No, absolutely not. But we're we do it works. because we are. Yes, 
and because he's already loved us he's already saved us we've, we've received that salvation yep and with the you know like i said it wasn't instantaneous or overnight or whatever it's almost like when you are taking it away a little at a time um let's just say all i ever watched was r-rated movies let's just throw that out there and then i slowly cut those out a little bit at a time then when you look at it again it disgusts you because that is the holy spirit working in you god hates sin we should hate sin I mean, we should constantly be striving to, to crucify our flesh. And um, I think that's something that I noticed. Like, the more I took it away, I didn't want it anymore. Like, it was it was easier to get rid of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know... In that, not to interrupt you. <clears throat> that's fine. But in that, right, it wasn't only you taking it away, but but God empowering you. Absolutely. Empowering you, something that you wouldn't do before. Taking away the desire. Empowering you to be able to do it. Because people are out there and they say, okay, um, maybe I agree with you, but I don't believe that that God's going to be able to save me from pornography. I don't believe that God's going to be able to save me from this drug addiction. I don't believe that he's going to be able to save me from from the, the, the wretched person that I am. Right, I, I, I'm just so lost. I'm so terrible, and I'm so deep in dark and sin. I feel like there's no hope for me. Well, I'm going to tell you that that's the way I felt. Right, mm-hmm. that's the way I was. Right, and 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 then I heard the gospel. I heard the real gospel, and I believed. Right, and obviously we believe that that's that's a gift. Right, but when I heard the gospel and believed, right, I believe that God could save me from the punishment of my sins, but also from the power of my sins, just like. It says here in Romans 6, and I have been set free. And the Bible says if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed, right? Doesn't mean that you won't sin anymore, but the practice of your life shifts, right? It changes. And so repentance and faith are conjoined twins. And it's like when I repent of my sin, right, I'm walking in this direction. The Bible tells us this is the reality of us, that we're dead in sins and trespasses, and we're enslaved to sin, and all we do is sin and want sin and pleasure continuously. And, and that comes in so many different forms. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens is, is that we're following the devil, ourselves, and the world, and we are walking in that direction. There's no hope for us. Then Ephesians 2 says that, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love in which He loved us, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Right. That grace comes, right, of, of salvation and faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're walking in this direction and you place your faith in Jesus Christ, what happens with your heart and your mind and and everything you are as a person is you turn in that direction and you start to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so what did I just do? I'm believing by faith in Jesus now. And what am what just happened simultaneously? I'm repenting of my sins. Right. I'm, repentance means to have a change of mind. Then I'm no longer following my, no longer going to live for sin myself. I'm no longer going to follow the devil, my flesh, and the world, but I'm going to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's it. From yeah. this point forward, that Jesus is now Lord of all, of everything. He's Lord over all of my life, all of my, my thoughts, my actions, and everything about my life. Mm-hmm. I'm going to follow him. And that's what Jesus was saying. He says, deny yourself, 
carry your cross and come follow me. Not just pray a prayer, not just to make an acknowledgement to me, but you have to give up your whole life, yep. give up everything and come follow me. So for time's sake, the rich young ruler was something we were talking about earlier. You have that I have passage? one more thing to yeah, say. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you're, a lot, you're talking a lot today. Also, yeah. Sorry. It's been a few weeks. Um, also, if, it, if there is something that you struggle with, um, God can, if you pray and, and go to his word and pray and just pray for him to take the desire away from you. I mean, it could be as simple as like smoking or something, something that you struggle with leaving alone or you keep going back to God will take those desires away. And, um, another prayer that is really good is to, for God to break your heart for what breaks his and, um, he'll do it. <laughs> I, I, I agree. <laughs> All right. You have the rich young ruler saved there. Yep. You want me to read it? Yes. Please. The rich young man. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have. And give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Okay. So, there's a lot going on there. Mm -hmm. um, but for time's sake, Jesus, um, did he say, come pray this prayer, follow me? No. No. What did he tell him? He said, give up everything you own and come follow me. Does he say that to everyone? Does he say that to everyone that has to believe in him? Yes. Our dog's barking like crazy out there, so if you hear that, it's driving driving us crazy. Okay, so what did he? What did he? What did Jesus share with this rich young ruler? Well, that that's the part that we just talked about recently that I love, and it said, um, "Let's see, Jesus looking at him, loved him." And he told him, you lack one thing, go sell in every, everything you have and give it to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. He told him the truth. Okay. And before that, he shared the law of God. Yes. Right? Yes. He shared what, five or six of the, the commandments, right? At least, yeah. And he said, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not lie. Right. Do not commit adultery. Murder. Do not murder. Honor your father and mother. Honor your father and mother. Okay. And so what did Jesus do? He shared the law of God. A lot of times in evangelism today, people think, no, don't share the law of God with people. Just give them Romans 3.23. Everyone knows they're a sinner. But Jesus shared the law of God with this man. Right. Right. And he brought the law of God to bear upon this man's conscience. Right. And so the, the Bible tells us in Romans 3 that the law of God brings the knowledge of sin. Mm -hmm. Right. So... I could be driving down a road in my car, and I could just be like really, really going right. And um, you know, I might I might be going down the road. If there's no speed limit signs, right, and I have no um, speedometer, right, I, I'm not going to know how fast I'm going, and I'm not going to know how fast uh, the speed limit is, right. Um, but you know, my daughter in the back seat could say, "Dad, I think you're going a little too fast," and I could be like, "I really don't think I am." Right, and you could say next to me, "Kevin, I think we need to go faster. We're not going fast enough." Who's right? 
right? How do we know what's right and what's wrong? And that's why we have a speedometer, right? Which is our conscience, right? And then the speed limit sign, right? Which is the law, right? And so I know that if I'm going, if the speed limit sign, the law says 45 and my speedometer says 55, right? Then I connect the two together and I see that I have broken the law. Mm-hmm. Well, what Jesus does is shows him, brings the law of God to bear upon his heart so that he sees that he has broken the law, but he's so self-righteous and he says, he says, he has he says well, I haven't, I've kept all these. And maybe right. he has strived morally, right? To keep all those. It's possibly on the outward man, right? That he has never purposely said a lie or he's never murdered somebody, actually put somebody to death. But Jesus tells us in Matthew that we do, we could break God's law in our hearts, mm-hmm. right? In our, in our own actual lusts and desires, like we were talking before. But Jesus knows he's the son of God. He knows exactly this man's heart and he knows exactly everything that he's ever done. And so what, what is this man's great uh, idol? What, is this, what does he know about this man that he has great possessions, And when Jesus knew that this was his greatest possession, he knew it was his greatest idol. He knew it was his greatest sin, right? Because he was putting that above God Mm -hmm. is what he was doing. And Jesus knew that. And he says, go, sell all your possessions, give them to the poor, and then come follow me. And what is he saying? Deny yourself, carry your cross, and come follow me. And it says that the man went home sad, bitterly, and wept bitterly, and he went home because he had great possessions. Well, here's the thing. What Jesus is saying is that if you're going to come follow me, you've got to come and die. That you've got to come and die or don't come. That's not good evangelism, is it? Like nowadays we would say he did a really bad job because he didn't get the guy to pray a prayer, right? Yeah. Because basically people think nowadays, listen, do you believe that you're a sinner? Well, yeah, I guess we're all sinners, man. We all fall short of the glory of God. Man, don't, doesn't everybody believe that? Do you believe in Jesus? Well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Do you believe that he, um, do you believe he's God? Yeah, I think so, right? Or do you believe that he uh, lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross, and rose again from the grave? Yeah, yeah. Well, pray this prayer after me, and I believe if you pray this prayer that you're going to go to heaven because you prayed this prayer. Is that what Jesus said? Absolutely no. not. That's not what he said, no. right? He said, the law of God proves and shows that you've broken God's law, mm-hmm. right? And no one is good, right, except for God, right? And you need to give up everything, right? Give up everything. Turn from your sin, right? And come follow me, right? Well, this man couldn't do it. Well, a lot of times evangelism today is not done that way, right? Um, And we're not okay with people going home because they didn't come to the altar, right? But if we do it like Jesus did, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to actually think about their great possessions, right, that they put over God. Or they're going to think about their adultery that they put over God, right? They're going to think about their sin in their life, and they're actually going to go home, and they're going to weep over it. And then we would pray that, that the law of God would break their heart, and the Spirit of God would, would, would convict them of their sin, because that's what the, the Spirit of God does. He, he, the third person of the Trinity, takes the Word of God and the law of God and impresses it upon a person's heart and convicts the world of sin. Mm-hmm. But he also convicts the world of righteousness, which is Christ, right? And then he convicts the world of judgment. Yep. If we get in the way of the Holy Spirit's job, we are making a grave mistake, Right? So when we preach and, and share the gospel, we must share the gospel. We must share the truth. Like you said, Jesus is the truth. He is the way and he is the life. There is no other, one to, no other way to the Father. But he shows us a perfect model of evangelism. He never even got to, well, 
pray this prayer because there's not you're not going to find it in the Bible. Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. Come and die or don't come at all, right? And so we're at we're at 47 minutes. So I've got one passage of scripture here, and then we'll we'll bring it to a close. If you're not satisfied with that, is that Matthew? Yes, Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 34. Jesus says, "Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household." Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And there you can see at the end of that, the same words that he spoke in Mark, right? Is It's that same concept that whoever loves his life, who wants to save his life, Right, that wants possessions and money and, and wants the pleasures of this world now, you're not you're you're not going to be saved. You're not going to be saved. Jesus is making that point clear, and he's saying that following me is so hard to do that it will actually cause your family members that are not believers and not following me to hate you. They're gonna hate you. And it they're goes not gonna to like the beginning of our conversation. Yeah. They're gonna hate you Rejected. and it's gonna be really hard, yep. right? And in the Word of God, and when God saves a person, and when a person repents and turns from the world and turns from the devil and it turns from their flesh, you're, gonna, you're not going to be the same. And there are going to be people that are going to hate you and they're going to persecute you. And they're, they might even come after you to kill you, just like Jesus, just like the disciples, and just like the prophets, and just like the disciples who became apostles, right? People came after them. Right, they they said all hateful things about them. They came to murder them, right? Because they spoke the truth and they followed Jesus, who is the Son of God, yep. who has all authority and power, sits at the right hand of the Father right now, and that is my King and your King and Lord, and and we follow Him, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And when you believe that and you entrust yourself to Him, right, and 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 you follow Him, man, He's saying. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be your life is gonna look just like mine, yep. right? But what a blessing that is that our life is gonna look. We're gonna be conformed to the image of Christ. We're gonna be more and more like Christ. Where we're gonna be more and more separated from sin and more and more holy like He is, right? But also that we would suffer for the name of Christ, right? That we would make Christ's name known the way we should be, right? And it's not easy. Yep. And Jesus is saying, coming die or don't come at all. Yep. Right? That's what he's saying. He says, if you're going to believe in me and you're going to believe the gospel, you must repent. Yep. You must turn from your sin and come follow me. And he also says, and we don't have enough time, but count the cost of that. Because you're going to have to give up everything. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to be willing to lose everything for me. And um, he says, or don't come. This is what he's saying. And so you got anything to add uh, before we close? We're at 51 minutes. Um, this just, is making up for the two podcasters, <laughs> myth. So, Just that, I mean, I, as Christians, we shouldn't expect anything else because um, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then they hated him so much that they, they killed him. And if, if he lives in you and you're shining his light into the world and 
just remember there's no 11th commandment about being kind. I mean, <laughs> being nice. The Bible does say kind, but <laughs> well, you have nice. to be kind, but not, yes. you don't have to be nice and, and meaning you don't have to. You don't not compromise tell people, the truth. Exactly. Yes. You don't have to keep the truth from people because you don't want to hurt their feelings because yes. the only way of loving people is telling them yes. the truth. And I'm the glad only, somebody told me the truth. Yes. And the only truth is God's truth. There's no other truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so just expect that, I mean, they hated Jesus. They killed him. They're going to hate you too. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's the cross we bear. And that's yes. that's... And we live a life of persecution, and yes, glory to God for that. That we yeah. get to that we get to suffer for count his it all as what's it called? <laughs> well, count everything as loss for the for the sake count of it knowing all Christ. Is, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and so uh, we'll finish this in in uh, Romans six because I keep looking at the scripture and I have to. I'm like, I need to read that. <laughs> and so um, remember where we were in Romans six, where it was saying, "Dead to sin, alive to God." And I'm going to begin it at the beginning here for so just for context. He says, "What shall we say then?" Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Here's the thing about grace. This is what people get wrong so much. They think that the grace of God enables them to keep on sinning, right? Well, God's grace will cover it, right? We're saved, so it doesn't matter if we sin, right? We're going to be forgiven. Paul says, by no means. That's not what grace means. Grace means that, yes, you are saved from the punishment of sin, but then you're also saved from the power of sin, is that sin's uh, a hold on you has been broken, right? And you're no longer a slave. And now you are given grace to enable you to do what is right. Before, you couldn't do what is right. right. You were slave to it. But now you're not, saved, uh, you're not saved by God's grace to keep on sinning, but you're saved by God's grace so that you could be saved from sin, right? So now grace enables you equips you with the Spirit of God to actually live out the life that you could not live before because you were a slave. Yeah. Now you're a slave to righteousness. Now you're actually enabled to live uh, because of God's grace in this newness of life. And so he says, by no means, how are we who died to sin, uh, who died to sin still living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that the old self, remember our old self that we talked about, the the old Kevin who is dead now, right? We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Do you believe that? Yes. This is what it means to believe the gospel, Mm -hmm. that we have been set free from the power of sin. Mm -hmm. We're no longer are we controlled by sin, but we're controlled by the Spirit of God. We Mm -hmm. walk by the Spirit. Right, we don't make uh, we don't uh, make excuses for our sin. Right, we crucify our sin. We're broken free from sin. The devil has been defeated, and death has been uh, taken away. Right, we're no longer slaves to sin, no longer slave to a devil. But now we are slaves of God, and we are children of God. We are children of righteousness, and now that is the case. If you have believed the gospel, this is true for you. And it says, 
For the one who has died has been set free. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also will live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. Thank God for that. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We have to consider ourselves that. Do you believe, if you believe the gospel, then you must consider and you must believe that when Christ died on the cross for you, right, he broke the power of sin. He took the punishment of sin, but he broke the power of sin, rose from the grave, and now everyone who has received his spirit has now received the spirit of life and now has the spirit of adoption and now has the spirit that now we have his spirit that gives us power to live righteous lives to crucify sin to put it off and put on the new that's only possible and you're only forgiven and you're and you're only going to, you're only really saved if that first has happened right so salvation is a gift from god it's by grace through faith and not of yourselves that no man may boast right mm-hmm. so if you're trying to keep a moral code or you're trying to be right with god by keeping the law no that's not right that's what the Pharisees did. That's what, that's what uh, all other religions do, right? But the true faith is that God has to set you free from sin. It's Christ's life, death, and, and, uh, and burial, and resurrection from the grave. Believing by faith in that is what empowers you to be able to live this new life in Christ. All right, and so then he says, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Now he says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body right now to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will no sorry, I'm getting excited. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under the law, but under grace. That's a beautiful passage of scripture. And I would read the, the next half too, because it slaves of righteousness, but we don't have time. We'll do it on another podcast. Do you believe this? Has this has this happened for you? Has this happened for you? So when somebody asks you, Are you saved? and you're like, I don't know, I'm doubting my salvation. You will have confidence that when your life starts to look like this, and God and you have decided to come and die, believe in Jesus for life, repent and believe the gospel, and have to be done with sin, and ready to follow Jesus, and ready to be able to forsake everything for Christ, is when that new life actually starts. Mm -hmm. And then when somebody asks you, or somebody asks me, or asks you, are you a Christian? And they, and they say, well, why are you a Christian? You won't go back to the day that you prayed a prayer. You won't say because the pastor so-and-so preached this message, but you would say that every single day when I get up, I believe the gospel. I deny myself, carry my cross, and follow Jesus. And it's Jesus Christ who lives in me that's empowering me to be able to live out this life. I wouldn't be able to do without him. And I now live by faith in the Son of God who died for me, and gave me this life mm-hmm. now that I have. And so that is the gospel, right? That is the gospel. That is the real gospel. And when people believe this gospel, they come alive. And when people believe this gospel, the world will be changed. Jesus Christ right now is ruling and reigning now, right now. And, 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 when, and he is making a footstool of his enemies under his feet. You don't want to be his enemy. Mm-mm. You don't want to be his enemy. You want to be on his team, 
and I'm thankful that we're on his team. And so if there is a gospel that's been uh, preached to you or spoken to you that you believed in, and it doesn't look like Jesus' gospel, and it's not matching up with the Bible's gospel, I implore you and I beg you to repent. Turn from your sin, reject your sin, turn from it, and believe in Jesus Christ for life. It's come only through him that you will be saved. Come and die or don't come at all. Come and die or don't come at all. But here's the reward. Eternal life. Absolutely. Eternal life. Yep. Right? I was talking to my daughter earlier today, and I told her, I said, when the thief died on the cross, could he do anything to be saved? And she said, no. What? I said, then what did he do? And she said he believed. And, and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise, right? Well, the thief on the cross, while he was nailed to the cross, right, next to Jesus, put his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, believed that he is the Son of God, believed that he had the power to save him from his sins, from the punishment of sin, the power of sin, and the presence of sin. But, but also that, that he would, he said, he, he, that he would raise again from the grave. Mm-hmm. And he believed him before he ever died on the cross and rose again from the grave. And Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Here's the thing, is that, yes, we're, we're saved by grace through faith. But if you live another day, and you live another 90 years, the life of a Christian is a life of death to sin and life to Christ. And if that's the cross you must bear for him and his glory and his namesake, that's what we must do. But the thing is, is we don't, we don't know when our day is going to come. We don't know. And so if I live another five minutes or five days or five years or 50, I must continue in this faith. I must continue believing this gospel. I must continue every day getting up, denying myself, carrying my cross, and following him, and persevere to the end. And I also understand that it's not me who is empowering me or giving me the strength to do it. If I do it on my own, I know it's not possible. But it's Christ in me who's causing me to will and to work for his good pleasure. right? And so if you live the next 90 years, come and die or don't come. That's the life of a Christian. But here's the thing. If you're on your deathbed, and I do believe this, if you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you could be saved then too. Absolutely. You could be saved then too. All right. But God, God is sovereign over his creation. He's sovereign over his um, salvation. And, and those who put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, repenting of their sin and coming and following him, will be saved. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. We went for over an hour, so hopefully that makes up for, for a couple of weeks of not being here. But uh, go to makehisnameknown.com, go to our website, check it out, become an all-access member, and uh, just join us in our ministry of proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, our ministry is about uh, making his name known uh, through his word, proclamation of the gospel, evangelism, and media content. So thank you all for joining us. Have a good one.